It's almost Thanksgiving. Can you believe it? I am so excited. I love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays. Now, around our table, we're going to have a lot of the traditional things. There's going to be turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, um, sweet potatoes. We have some apple and pumpkin pies, but because my grandma's Hispanic, there's also going to be things like enchiladas, um, which is always a tradition with our family and probably some tamales too. Now, maybe you're saying, okay, wait a minute. I know Thanksgiving's close, but it's so much pressure. I never know what to make. So many recipes that I find have too many strange ingredients. Well, guess what, friends? I have something for you. I'll be interviewing the author today of the book Hope's Table. She's a Mennonite author, and she is sharing um, about her life. She's going to share about some of her favorite recipes. Warning here, you're going to probably be hungry by the time um, you're done listening to this. But what I love is just how she takes simple recipes, things that she's learned from her mother and grandmother's grandmother, and has presented them in a way that is easy for us to pick up her book to try out some recipes and to realize that we can make really delicious things for our kids. And I know, you know, this more than just cooking. Of course, we want to have yummy things. We love um, gathering and having the food. But really, as you'll see, Hope talks about the togetherness that comes in being in a family, in being in a community, about her little girls running out to call their dad to supper and just knowing that they are all together for that moment in the day. And I think that is so important as a mom um, of all these kids that during the day we're homeschooling, we're running different places, we have basketball, um, cheerleading, my um, responsibilities, my husband's work, but every evening or most evenings there's a time when I say dinner's ready and the words ripple through the house and my family all comes together to sit around the table. And I think that is so important. So I know you will love listening to Hope as she shares about her life, as she shares about her recipes and her inspiration behind Hope's Table. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, today at Walk It Out, I'm sharing a special lady today. She has um, just really done so many wonderful things with her family and with this amazing book that she has. I am drooling as I'm flipping through the pages. And I'm saying that because it is a cookbook. Um, And I love cooking. I love being in the kitchen. I love just gathering around my the table with my family. And so I'm excited to dig into these recipes. But more than that, I'm excited to learn more about the author today. So the author is Hope Helmuth. So welcome, Hope. 
thank you. It's great to be here talking to you. Yeah, I would just love for you to share a little bit about yourself and your family. Um, we live here in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, which is a very beautiful place. Um, and I grew up um, on a farm. It's just surrounded in a lot of um, a great culture, a great community where a lot of people grow their food and um, a lot of people like to cook. And so, yeah, that's that's a little bit of where I grew up. And I know that um, you have some beautiful little kids. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we have a five-year-old Caroline and a two-year-old Natalie, and they love they love to help me in the kitchen. You can always guarantee that if they hear a mixer turn on or if mom's cooking supper, they're going to come running and either taste or try to help. <laughs> I love that. I think that's so important. I have um, seven daughters and three sons, so there's oh, always someone around to help. Um, which I love. And my oldest daughter now, she is actually a missionary in the Czech Republic. And she was always in the kitchen with me like that. And now she, one of her gifts that she does there is she cooks for, um, they have have Bible study meetings and she cooks for them and makes big meals and makes chocolate chip cookies. And I just love how, you know, food just gathers people together. And I could see that in a real way with my daughter in her service. But I would just love to hear um, kind of a little bit about your growing up and what what kind of that food and gathering with family meant to you? Um, I guess I didn't realize how lucky I was to grow up in the environment. I did until I moved away from home, moved off of the farm, and we went to a different church. Um, But I grew up, we grew our own food, all of my dad's family and my mom's family is right here in the valley. Um, we live next door on the same farm to my um, first cousins. And so we just grew up surrounded by all of this very close-knit family life and community. And it was just wonderful, a wonderful environment to grow up in. And I think in some ways, so many people kind of miss that as we have our busy lives and we're racing from here to there. We miss just that time with the family. And I grew up in California, but um, we lived close to my grandma and she was always in the kitchen cooking something. We were there every Sunday after church and, you know, different times during the week, you know, holidays. And I love it because a lot of her recipe now I'm cooking for my kids and I even have grandkids now. So it is so, um, I think, important for us to have that heritage of a family and being together. And then um, cooking, it just brings us together. And I love that. And I know um, your book is Hope's Table, Everyday Recipes from a Mennonite um, Kitchen. So I would love just to share a little bit about the Mennonite. And I've um, written some books, some novels, actually, about Amish. I have friends that are Amish, and um, I just love just the the connection again and the community and the family values. But for those who may not be familiar, can you tell us a little bit just about Mennonite? Um, well, first and foremost, we're Christians. Um, we're Christ followers, and I would say we take the Bible literally, like with mm-hmm. the passage about the head covering and dress and, and things like that, makes us look different. Of course, we're non-resistance and... Um, and that's another part of it, as well as Anabaptists. Um, but I would say we we are viewed maybe as practical people who live out the faith. The community is a big thing, helping each other in time of need. Um, and we have a rich heritage, of course, of then 
growing our own food and then cooking and having a lot of family time, church fellowship meals. So it's just all connected together with the community and food. Yeah. And I think that is so important too. Um, you know, it's just even be, we talked about family earlier, but just even beyond in the community and really getting to know um, your neighbors. And I was telling um, what I walk in the morning with a friend and I was telling her that we have a neighbor that moved into our neighborhood and I've gone over three times to, you know, take a little welcome gift and they haven't opened the door. <laughs> and so oh. it's hard, you know, just in modern society, I think people are kind of skeptical about neighbors and who's at my door. And, um, but I love just being part of a community. And I know that's one of your values. It's just really helping your neighbor and being there um, with your neighbor. Yes. And now, you know, there's all these programs to take care of people and children. And I think community is being lost because some of that, I mean, of course, in some instances, you need those programs, of course, but people aren't taking care of each other. They're taking care of themselves. So I think it's really important. Yeah. Where my daughter lives um, in the Czech Republic, she teaches English, but she's on maternity leave. Her baby's nine months old and they get three years paid maternity leave. Wow. Um, so she, for three years, she's home, you know, with the baby and she's meeting with other young moms and, you know, it looks different in that community than here, but I love that, you know, there is no childcare set up because the moms have, are able to be home with their babies. But we even have my grandma who's just turned 90 lives with us. Um, and she's, you know, right in the next room over, I can hear her over there right now. And it's just having, you know, her in our home. It just is different. It's, special the kids run in if they're, they make something or do something and they show her and you know she sits out in the kitchen and watches me cook and she'll say no put more of this in there and do that and it is special to have those you know generations um close by yes and we can learn so much i think that's another thing that's being lost is just for instance not everybody can grow a garden but a big part of my childhood was my grandma would come help us in the garden and you sat on the front porch and you talked to grandma and you learned from grandma and i think that is so important for us to learn from our elders and yeah they've lived longer than we have and they have so much wisdom to offer yeah and i think it really helps kind of give our kids perspective too um my grandma's parents were immigrants from Mexico. And um, when my grandma was born in 1929, they lived in a boxcar. They had turned a boxcar into a little house and it had, you know, she talked about he made, her dad made a um, tin sink and they only had cold water piped into the house and they took their baths in a wash tub and her bed was a trundle bed under her parents, you know. And my kids are just fascinated when she talks about this you know she talked about only having one dress and not having shoes to wear to school and once she tore her dress so she used a piece of bubble gum to fix the hem until her mother found out um, that she had fixed the hem with bubble gum but you know when we have um, you know older people or people in our lives that can share their experience I think you know kids today think I, I need this and I want this and we need to do this and instead it just reminds them that, um, you know, all those things are important, that, you know, it really is the time with family and the time to listen to these stories and that they have a lot compared to what previous generations had. Yes, and to help them be, to be grateful for what they've been given because they're so used to it. So that they need to hear those stories of 
I only had one dress and no shoes and you know our kids have three pairs of shoes so I think it's a great way for them to connect and be back. Yeah. Now I would love to hear um, when did you first get the idea of putting this book together? Well I guess um, when we first got married I enjoyed cooking and I thought hmm I should share this with more than just my husband I should start a blog so I started to develop recipes and start blogging. And from that, I gained a following. And then actually a publisher contacted me. Um, I envisioned that I would write a cookbook when I was 40 or 45 and my kids were grown. Um, but here I am at 30 and I have a cookbook. So um, yeah, the publisher just really wanted um, for me to bring my lifestyle throughout the book, which um, I did a lot of that, of how we live, and yeah, it was just really, I think, the work of the Lord, how it all came together, and how I was able to do it with young children. Yeah, I love that, because um, I was asked if I would, you know, interview you and review the book, and um, I would say, when I received it, I'm like, oh, she's younger than I thought, and I think, you know, so many times when we think of someone sharing their recipes, we do think of, you know, a 60-year-old grandma but I was so excited because I do love there's photos of you with your girls and with your family and in the garden that um this is something that's important for all generations you know we don't have to wait till we're a grandma to start baking and cooking and um getting involved this is something that we need to be doing now with our kids yes and I've had some of that response from younger ladies that they're so excited that it's uh, somebody from their generation doing this so that's been good to hear yeah, and there's um, what I'd love to is um, going through the different recipes. They are things exactly like I would choose to make. Um, there's not a whole bunch of strange ingredients. You know, it's just yeah. the things that I know that are in my pantry that I'm like, oh, this looks really good. I could pull this out and uh, make this, or oh, I've never you know my, I've made fried apples. I mean, look at this looks so easy. I'm just gonna make fried apples today. Um, and I think that's so important too, because sometimes, you know, we get a cookbook and we're like, okay, I'm going to have to spend a hundred dollars just getting all these ingredients that I'll use one time. Um, and I love that, that they are just very simple ingredients, things you have on hand, um, but that aren't like too complicated for people to make. Yes. And that's one of the, another great response I've got is some people think I can't cook. It's, you know, I don't have, I don't have the talent to do it, but you can, you know, boil a potato and salt and make a, a roasted chicken and you can have a beautiful meal in less than three hours. Um, just taking ba basic ingredients and cooking them the right way. Um, you can make delicious, wholesome meals for your family. Yeah. And my kids are used to, I mean, you know, they, they would rather have, you know, the meat and potatoes and all the wonderful things than, than fast food. And I think that's what, you know, when we get used to them eating these, these good homemade foods, then it doesn't even interest them. I mean, once in a while they'll have fast food, but they'd rather have, you know, something at home that mom make. And I think that is good too. Now, one of the um, recipes that I'm excited to try that kind of surprised me was your fry jacks. And I don't know how to say Belizean. How do, is that how you say it? Yes. Okay. And that is so fun because I would love to hear the story behind that because um, you say, in my teenage years, a student from Belize named Lynette lived with my family. And years later, we consider her part of the family. I call her my sister. 
Um, Lynette makes the best fry jacks. This dough also makes wonderful tortillas. Now we had an exchange student for a year from the Czech Republic. Um, so it's just so good just to having people from different cultures in our home. So I would just love to hear kind of the story about behind that. Yes, she came over to the U.S. to work in a mission home for special children, and she got to know my cousin, and she decided she wanted to go to college to be a social worker. Um, so my cousin contacted us and wondered about housing, and so she came to live with us. And yeah, it was so interesting just, you know, to get in her culture and her food and learn from her and for... Um, her to also learn from us and just learn that your culture is not the only way, even though you might think it is. Yeah. <laughs> we tend to live in our little bubble, um, but it's so good to learn how to connect with people from a different culture. Yeah. So did she teach you um, like some of her other different recipes too? Um, not a lot. Um, now that she's gotten married and I would say she's taught me more since she cooks for her own family. But, of course, she was going to college and busy when she stayed in our home. Um, but the Belizean fry bread was definitely one of the things that was our favorite that she made. And then they eat a lot of rice and beans, and they call it Ricardo chicken. Um, but I would say that's a basic Belizean meal. Yeah, so the fry bread looks amazing. It looks like it puffs up, and I love it's. It has like kind of that crispy, but also um, soft parts. I don't know. I'm just looking, flipping through these recipes and I'm like, okay, I definitely want to try this. It looks delicious. Um, yes. The neat thing about it is you can mix up the dough and then keep it in your fridge all week and just take out however many little rounds of dough you need for that morning to fry it. Or yeah, it's really handy to have on hand. Yeah. I think my kids would actually love to do that. Like if the dough was already there just to pull it out. Um, they like making stuff in the morning. We homeschool. So they're all around the kitchen and I'm like, you know, all right guys, quick breakfast. And they're in there cooking eggs and making all sorts of things. So they would probably really love, um, just having that already in there. So that is really neat. So how did you go about choosing the different recipes for this? Um, when I first started, I had blogged for about 10 years. So I went all through my blog and copied and pasted all of those recipes over and decided which ones I wanted to use. And then I went through my mom's recipes and her mom's recipes. And so then I compiled all of those. And from then on out, I had a team of ladies from the community who were my testers. And so, yeah, we did a lot of corresponding through um, the app called Voxer on what worked and what didn't work. So each recipe has probably been tested twice, um, but it was quite a process. Yeah, that would be because I know, you know, I cook mostly just by throwing this in and throwing that in. You know, I've had grandma over my shoulder that says, add a little bit of this. And so when <laughs> someone asks me for the recipe, I'm like, uh, <laughs> you just taste it and add this and that. So it is hard kind of to get it down where you know like someone else um, when you're not there with them can make this. Yes and it actually made my life easier because some things like you said I would just dump and pour and it's like well if I want this in my cookbook I'm gonna have to write it down and now I just go to my recipe and dump it all in and I'm done. I don't have to taste and mix and try to remember what I put in before so that's been nice. Yeah so really and also is like something to pass on to your girls too. It's already done. <laughs> I told my husband, even if it doesn't sell well, it'll at least be valuable to me that all my recipes are in one place. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And well, the, and the photos are so 
um, gorgeous. Whoever did those did a fantastic job. I actually did them. You did? I did. Wow. Okay. Well, they are amazing. <laughs> um, now, one thing that when I was going through, um, you have a section on watercress. And I have never cooked with watercress. I have never used watercress. And then you talk about actually going out and collecting is that what you say gathering the watercress i would just yep. love to hear the kind of how that works um it's it's only grows in cold springs around here um and you pretty much just it's it's not very deep water probably below your knee and you just go in and you cut the tops off um but it's a little bit bitter but it's delicious if it's paired with like uh, hard boiled eggs and bacon and spring onion. And then I usually do like um, a mayo vinegar, a little bit of a sweet dressing on it. Um, but it's something that once you acquire a taste for it, you crave it in the spring. Yeah. It seems like it'd be really nutritious. I mean, um, and then yeah. you have to growing there in the spring and that just is neat because, you know, you talked about having a garden but I mean, if I saw that on a spring, I wouldn't even think like that's something I could eat. <laughs> you know, it's really yeah. knowing you really get, need to know like nature and, and what God has provided. Yes. It's amazing what he's provided and how healthy it can be if we just find it or know what to look for. Yeah. So um, I know that, you know, you've had, you talked about having your blog for a while. Um, what has been the response of those who have kind of followed your journey on the blog? Um, well, my blog didn't have a print recipe option, and so when now they have a cookbook and they don't have to copy and paste or copy it off my blog, um, I have had a great response. Um, and a lot of the recipes that are in the cookbook actually aren't on the blog. A lot of them are new ones I developed to make it feel a little extra special. And then, of course, I would have included my mom's recipes, um, but it's been a great response. Um, it's one of those things where one lady gets one and they're like, you need to get this. And so, you know, it's been great to hear all of the different connections I've made through the cookbook being sold now. Yeah, that is so fun. And really, this is something that will be perfect for a holiday gift. Um, I'm already, I was already thinking as I'm going through this, who I wanted to buy copies for the holiday, and especially like I mentioned, my daughter in, in Europe, they don't have. Um, she lives in a you know former communist country, um, so they don't have a lot of like processed foods. So you, know, you can't really like go get Doritos or go get taco seasoning or all these different things. But she loves. I bought her an Amish cookbook before, and I know she's gonna love your cookbook because it is like fresh ingredients, um, things she she doesn't need to get a can of this or a you know a sauce mix or any of those types of things. It's just stuff that she can get. At the store, so I know she's really going to enjoy that. So as you are, um, you know, putting this out there, um, I don't know a lot of people, are, of course, are looking at the recipes and kind of gathering around the family. What do you hope that they see, even about your faith, as they're going through your book? Um, well, my whole desire through the book is that. Um, People would draw their family around their table and community and just take time to fellowship. Um, a lot of people don't even nowadays take time to sit down at the end of each day for supper for a meal together. And it's so sad to me that that's being lost because at the end of the day, you talk about your day, you share about your joys and your sorrows of the day. 
It's a great time to communicate with your kids. It's a great time to teach your kids table manners. Um, there's just so much value and kids love the structure. Like my kids love supper time. They call daddy in and we eat supper together. And that's the one time we all sit together and talk. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, my husband and I, that's like one of our priorities is to have that time around the table with the family. And, you know, we make choices about what activities our kids do or don't do, because if it's going to take too much time away from that dinner table, we don't want it because we know, you know, they're grown soon. I mean, our, my, our, my oldest is 30. He has his own family. So, you know, pretty soon they'll be out of the house. We want them just to have, first of all, the relationships, but then also the memories um, around the table. And even now with my older kids on their birthdays, I'll ask like, what, what special things do you want me to make for you? And, um, you know, it is, it's a special kind of time that we have together. Yes. And I mean, yeah, that's the memories your children are going to take with you. That's a lot of the memories I have at home of gathering produce and making sugar cookies with um, my siblings and all of those things. Those are great memories of my childhood. Yeah, I love that. Now, one of the sections you talk about how to plan a meal for a guest. And so you have, you know, you start with figure out what meat you want and then build around that. Um, so if you were to have a dinner party, say I told you, Hope, my whole family is going to come and we're going to visit you on Sunday. Um, what meal would you make? Um, let's see. I was going to have company on Sunday, but now it doesn't suit. I'm trying to think what I was going to make. Um, I think I would probably pull out a pork roast. We butcher our own hogs and I have a nice big pork roast I need to roast. I would slow roast that in the crock pot. Um, I would probably do some kind of roasted potato, probably the red roasted potato. Um, and since both of those items are a little bit more on, they're not super rich, I would add either creamed llamas or creamed peas. Um, which has a, a thickened cream sauce, which is a little bit more rich. I would do a lettuce salad with probably a poppy seed dressing that would have some colorful garnish on top, cucumbers, tomatoes, maybe a yellow pepper. And then since it's getting into fall, I might do apple, do apple bars and something with pumpkin and serve sweet tea and coffee. Okay, we'll be there. <laughs> I don't know how many hours it would take, but that would be worth the drive. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I, I just love that. And I love how, um, you know, as you were thinking through, you were thinking, well, this is not, we have enough sweet here or richness, so we're going to add this. And I think that is so fun um, to just think about pulling the whole meal together instead of, you know, hey, I'm going to throw a frozen pizza in and that's what everybody gets. And I think it does mean a lot when, you know, you do have uh, guests and they walk in the door for the first time and that's the first thing they, they smell is, what's cooking in the kitchen. And that's always fun um, to welcome people in and, and let them experience that with you. Yes, and in this day and age, it feels like nobody has time to do anything. And when you sat down to a home-cooked meal, you you know the love and the time that's been put into that. And people go away blessed. Yeah, I love that. Now, you did mention one thing that I loved is you mentioned when you were talking about um, the desserts that it, because it's, fall now, you know, different items. Um, with the holidays coming up, what are some of your favorite holiday um, recipes that you are sure to pull out every year? Um, when I think of holidays, I start to think of pies. Um, I have 
a pecan pie, pumpkin pie. Mom has made every Thanksgiving. Um, trying to think of a more formal one. Um, sometimes for family gatherings, I'll take my chocolate cake and do raspberries on top with chocolate curls. That was a little more festive. Of course, we always do sugar cookies, um, which is a great activity with the girls. Um, Thanksgiving apple dumplings. Those are just like little warm packages of fall. I love apple <laughs> dumplings. Um, those are some of the things I would think of. Oh, I love it so much. And yeah, I'm, I'm already thinking of my Thanksgiving uh, menu as I'm going through this, <laughs> thinking out different things. Um, but most of all, I just want to thank you so much just for being here, just for sharing your life and sharing your recipes. And I know that you put a lot of work into it. And it's, it's just so fun to know that, you know, I can pull this out and make things for my family because you did all that hard work. Yes, and that's that's what I've received back tenfold. Um, when you're in the middle of a project like that and it takes two years and you can't really share content with any, anybody and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> but at the end, they, you finally have a book and the reader can read it and respond and you get good feedback and people are inspired to cook for their families. And yeah, it's been great. I just I give the honor and the praise and the glory to the Lord because I feel like he had the biggest part in it. Oh, I love that so much. Um, now, where can people find more information about you and this book? I have a website. It's hopeful-things.com. And then you can find me on Instagram. Instagram, And my Instagram handle is hopefulthings. And I'll sh I usually post stories in the summer about different ways of preserving foods and recipe tips and things like that. Yeah. So there's more, I mean, you know, we don't, you know, we have the book of course, but we don't have to stop there. We can follow you and, um, throughout the year, just see what you're up to and get some more recipes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was a, a blessing to speak to you today. Thank you. I just love listening to hope. It makes me want to grow a garden to go gather watercress. Okay. I probably won't do either of those things. I, I actually do want a garden, but my husband tells me you have enough with the work and the writing and the kids. So yeah, I guess it's still going to the grocery to pick up my vegetables, but I still love that idea. Um, I love gathering together the food, the fellowship, which leads us to this verse from um, the walk it out verse for today, which is first Corinthians 10 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Um, and I love that. And I think so many times we think that doing things for God is, are the big things that we're doing. Um, it's the, going and being a missionary or speaking at a Bible study. And we forget that it says here in first Corinthians, what, what, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. So the eating and drinking is part of glorifying God too. And this really was meaningful to me when, after we um, adopted or brought home our four older girls before the adoption was final, they were between the ages of 11 and 15 at the time. Um, you know, we're, we're used in the Goyer house to gathering around the table. And I remember that first day they came over to stay the night and I made dinner like I always do. I think I had fajitas that night. Um, 
And I put out, put it all out, the fajita meat and the sour cream, the tomatoes, the tortillas, um, you know, so everyone can build their own fajitas. I'm, I'm not thinking anything of it. This is something that I've been doing the, the 30 years, almost 30 years that I've been married to John, dinner around the table. And the girls came and sat down and they were very quiet. I'm thinking, oh no, maybe they don't, they're not going to like something that I have on the table. It wasn't that. It was that they were there with a family around the table. In fact, one of the girls with tears in her eyes said, it's just like we're a real family. And that was so meaningful to me that they had you know, been with us through the day. We've gone on visits before um, with them. We saw them. We've taken, we took them out to eat. We took them to ice cream. We took them to the park. We've taken them on walks. We've done other things with them. But really, for one of my daughters, when we were sitting around the table, that is the moment that she felt like this is a real family. And I think we miss that. We miss that time together. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Now, I usually only have one walk it out verse, um, but I had to add this too, because John 635, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Now, Jesus could have related himself to many things, and he did. He was a good shepherd. You know, there's other things he related to him, but the bread of life, the bread that we're sitting there, again, there's so many times you see Jesus around the table, sharing, breaking bread, and he says, I am the bread of life. I give myself to you. And if you are with me, you will not hunger and you will never thirst. Um, and just like we are eating and drinking in our ordinary lives, I just love that Jesus knew that we needed him just like we needed the food in our bellies. So those are the two kind of verses that popped in my mind um, when I was thinking about my interview with Hope today. And I would just love to say a prayer for all of us. So dear God, first of all, I thank you for Hope. I thank you for um, her family, her beautiful little girls, and for her dedication to put time into this project. It's been two years gathering her recipes, taking photos, um, and using her talents to give to others. And truly, just holding this book in my hand, it does feel like a gift, like she gave to me that she gave to all of us. And I pray that you'll bless her. And Lord, I just thank you so much for the table. First of all, that we can gather around as Christians, and we could commune together and break bread together and be with each other and build friendships, but also for our family. And I, I think so many times we overlook just the intimacy of sitting around the table as a family. Sometimes it becomes about what we can do that's easy and fast and, um, you know, getting on to the next thing. But Lord, I pray that each of us um, in this upcoming week, especially as Thanksgiving nears, that you will just remind us that you know, of course, we celebrate and gather around Thanksgiving, but days before that, days after that, that you will just remind us of the privilege and the joy and the honor of just sitting down um, and breaking bread and sharing a meal and spending time and looking at faces and <laughs> sharing stories around the table, um, whether we're eating or drinking and whatever we're doing around the table, that you will be glorified. So I thank you for that. I know sometimes with the holidays, um, often the relationships that we struggle with during the year, um, sibling relationships or parenting relationships, you know, we're trying to come together. I pray for healing 
um, this holiday season and that whatever offenses have been made, Lord, that we will bring forgiveness and that um, maybe just connection to Lord, um, connect hearts around the table, that it will be a beautiful thing. I thank you, Lord, that you are the bread of life. And when we have you, we do not hunger and we do not thirst. And I just thank you in your name. Amen. Well, friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. Um, this is one of my favorite things is, you know, uh, we have best-selling authors who, you know, are on big platforms and speak to large crowds. And then we can have someone like Hope, who is just as amazing, um, sharing her recipes that she has developed in her kitchen, caring for her two beautiful little girls. Um, I just love just being able to connect with people and talk to people from all walks of life, you know, and I think that's so important to me. I do love, um, you know, sharing those stories and interviewing people that are more well-known. It's always fun to connect and hear kind of their hearts, but also I love to be able to share the stories of those who um, are doing beautiful things in the name of God. And I think that is so fun. Um, and I just, I'm encouraged when I could talk to someone like Hope and just know that her faithfulness, I'm able to use that and to share that with others and to bless others with her story. So if you appreciate that about um, Walk It Out, that, you know, there's always a variety of people that can inspire you in their daily walk, um, just maybe leave a review on iTunes. That would be wonderful. Or share this episode with a friend. Um, you can tell them about it, tell about Walk It Out, that they can subscribe to it on whatever app they use or wherever they go to um, listen to a podcast that just ask them to sub subscribe or check it out. Also, you can go anytime to my website, which is just walkitoutpodcast.com. And when you go there, you will see all the episodes. Um, so you can see there's graphics for each one. You can go through and click and you can listen right there from your computer um, and listen and be inspired. So maybe you don't like all the techie stuff um, and maybe you have friends that don't like all the techie stuff with podcast apps. Just say, hey, you can actually just go to her website and listen there. But thank you, friends, for all the support. Thank you for all the support that you've given me. Um, as we have launched the Grumble Free Year, what a blessing. I am overwhelmed by all that you've done and all that you've given. Um, and I pray that you will have no grumbles and lots of gratitude around your Thanksgiving table. Have a wonderful holiday. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.